Welcome to Victory Christian Center. You're about to hear from our senior pastor, Pastor Stefan Schlugel, as he brings a message on a Sunday service. Faith, the key to victorious living. Faith, the key to victorious living. And I'll be speaking to you about faith, about your faith, um, and how you and I can build a strong faith uh, for victorious living in these challenging days, uh, in these last days. And uh, I was kind of conscious, uh, I speak to a friend of mine, um, and some of you remember him, Pastor Tom Ingalls, uh, who was pastoring a church there in, uh, in uh, Sydney, north of Sydney, up on the North Shore. And I speak to him from time to time, and uh, we, we talk about things, we kind of compare notes, and I'm saying, Pastor Tom, what are you hearing? What is God saying to you? Um, and anyway, we talked about uh, the need for us to teach faith all over again. Um, we've taught faith, but there's a need to teach it all over again. And he said, he made a, a statement. He says, we, we, we are building a people for what's, who are prepared for what's coming. Uh, we're building a people of faith so that they can be prepared for what's coming. And here is my thought. When he said for what's coming, that what's coming is now here. All right, uh, we're in it. Um, and I was kind of uh, conscious that, uh, you know, the Bible speaks in, uh, and I'm kind of just laying a bit of a foundation here, uh, and is it important for us to teach faith? We've just taught it last year as part of our 40-day campaign. Some of you remember the teachings. Uh, we did a faith teaching earlier on this year. Um, but I'm finding unless I go over it all, all over again, uh, you know, the Bible says that we are called to walk by faith and not by sight. If I don't go over it again, I slip out of faith and I get into natural living. Uh, and that's not good. Uh, and I was conscious that, uh, you know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, uh, God speaking there, He says, Once more, I will shake the he- not only the, the, the earth, but also the heavens. And He says that, uh, He says that once more means that everything that is shakable will be removed, that only the unshakable things will remain. And I believe we are in those days of shaking. Now, I'm not in any way suggesting that that whole COVID thing and a lot of that nonsense that have been impressed upon us, uh, um, control and manipulation, everything else, that that's God's doing in any way. But in the middle of it all, things have been shaken. uh, And the Bible says that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So if we're in the kingdom of God and our lives are built on the word of God, which cannot be shaken, then you and I cannot be shaken. We are indeed unshakable. That reminds me of, uh, of a song that we used to sing, I cannot be, I cannot be shaken, or something to that effect. I'm not very good with lyrics, I forget the words, but it said something like, you know, I cannot be shaken. And, and I believe that that's speaking about you and me as the people of God. If we've made the effort to build our faith and made the effort to, to build our faith in the, di- in the days of peace, so when the day of trouble comes on, we have a, a strong faith. Now, some of you, uh, if you're new to these teachings that I want to begin this morning, and in a couple of weeks' time, we do a little mini-series. Uh, for some of you, it'll be new. Um, some of you, it'll be a reminder. Uh, for some of you, you've heard a teaching before, but it, you've got gaps. We want to fill the gaps uh, and make sure that all of us understand what faith is and how it comes and how it works and so forth. And, uh, and for me... Um, 
I've never felt the need for when, when somebody says, we're going to teach on faith, I've never felt the need to say, oh, I've heard that before. All right. I always want to hear it again and again and again. And can I say that in the old days, this is not something that we say so much these days, but in the old days when we came into what we would call Word of Faith teaching, you know, we call ourselves faith people, uh, Word of Faith people. Uh, when they used to teach us faith, they said, buy the tape and listen to it again and again and again. That, that was the days when we had tapes, and then it get, went from tapes to CDs, and now it's, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, so I encourage you to go over these things again and again because uh, there's multiple facets to walking by faith. Uh, and if you don't get all the pieces, uh, it's not going to work. You know, every, every person knows that if you build something uh, and you need, say, 10 pieces and you only get five, you, you can't do, put a proper building together. Uh, for, for those of you people that are inclined to do baking, if you have a recipe and it, it recalls for certain things, if you leave half the things out, this thing is not going to rise. All right, everybody knows that. And, and, and so it is with faith. If we know a few things, but we don't know really all the pieces, then it's not going to work. And friends, we will need faith in these days to overcome. All right. And so uh, I kind of throw all of that out there to kind of uh, encourage us this morning that uh, let's pay attention. Uh, I want to take it real slow. Um, I'll be doing more teaching than preaching. Um, teaching is more like line upon line, precept upon preaching, uh, precept upon precept. And I want to take my time. I'll be making some statements that are so obvious. It's like, oh, we knew, knew that already, but I still want to put it in there so that we can put the pieces together uh, and build a strong structure of faith into our lives uh, that will help us to live victorious in these challenging days. Now, right at the top of your outline, there's a couple of uh, points there. It says, our God-given faith is the substance and the quality that helps us to stand strong and secure in Jesus Christ. All right, that's probably the most important part, that we stand strong and secure in Jesus Christ. And tragically, with what's gone down in the last couple of years, uh, uh, with all the nonsense uh, that's been impressed upon us, all the oppression that's come from government level. There is numerous churches that have shut down, gone out of business, and many, many Christians have fallen away. Um, and it's tragic because the body of Christ has been hurt, has been kind of in parts decimated, uh, which speaks to us of the fact that perhaps faith was not all that important and was not all that strong because if we are a people of faith and we have a strong faith, come hell or high water, all right, we will still stand strong and secure in Jesus Christ. So that's what our faith is able to do. Faith is also the master key that unlocks all of God's promises. You know, you have uh, in certain buildings, you've got certain doors that require certain keys to get in and out of, and the key that opens one door does not necessarily open another door. But then you have what they call a master key, and it's all been, your locksmiths have worked it all out that one key will unlock them all. All right, that's called the master key. Now, your faith and my faith is the master key that will unlock the promises of God and make them accessible and available to us today. All right. Uh, furthermore, faith is heaven's currency. Um, 
in the earth, if we need something, we will either, you know, we will offer money, we get goods and services and so forth. Um, but in heaven, uh, faith is heaven's currency. You know, uh, is it the book of Isaiah where God says, uh, everyone who thirsts, come, buy without money. Buy without money. How do you buy without money? If you've got heaven's currency, you can buy and you can receive, as it were, that which God has made available to us. You see, God has made things available to us, and He has promised things to us, and by faith, we can receive all of these things. Um, you know, I'm kind of, uh, uh, you know, over the years, uh, I had to unlearn some things. Uh, I had some religious thinking in my life that I had to get rid of. Uh, I grew up in a sort of semi-religious environment, if you like, uh, in a denomination and, and, and so forth. And uh, I had to unlearn some of those things. Uh, some of the things on faith in the early days almost offended me because I had religiousness about me. And that was being challenged by the teaching that was being presented to me. And so somewhere I had to make up my mind, you know, which is the right way to go here? Is it my religiousness or is it the teaching that's being presented to me that is so clear and so strong? And I decided to let go of religiousness and I decided to embrace the teaching of faith. And I decided that I was going to be a, a, a person of faith rather than a religious person. All right, so if I say things along the way that will, uh, you know, tick you off a little and offend you a little bit, just relax, you know, just relax, okay? We're all friends here. I'm not here to offend you, but it is possible that I say things that sort of tip you over a little bit and, you know, just be patient with yourself. And, and I promise I'll be patient with you as well. All right, praise God. So uh, faith is heaven's currency. You know, the Bible says that uh, we are saved through faith. Um, and we've got scripture references for some of those uh, uh, phrases that I want to present to you. It also says that we are justified by faith. It says we are sanctified by faith. It says the just shall live by faith. It says we walk by faith. It says we stand by faith. It says we overcome by faith. And if we read through the chapter of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, where all the heroes of faith are listed there, it says that they achieved their victories by faith. And I counted, it mentions the word by faith, or the words by faith 18 times. By faith they overcame. By faith they received. By faith they subdued kingdoms. By faith. So would somebody tell me what does by faith mean? All right, and that's what we're here to do. We want to describe what by faith means uh, and how we can also operate by faith and do the things that God has called you and I to do in our generation. All right, praise God for the heroes of faith of old, but it's time for you and for me to arise and to step into a level of faith that we can achieve the things and get this whole thing wrapped up so we can all go to heaven. The rapture thing can take place, and we can all go to heaven. And I believe we're not that far away from that moment. So it is a good thing to be ready and to be ready now. By faith, by faith, by faith. First um, John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For everyone born of God 
overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So here is John the Apostle. He says, he says whatever or whoever born of God overcomes the world. That means that every born-again believer has at least the potential to overcome uh, the world by the faith that we have been given, to overcome, uh, to, to conquer over, uh, to rise above it. Uh, I mentioned earlier on that with the shaking that's going on, things in the world will be rattled to bits. Let me tell you that. Uh, if things are not bad now, uh, uh, in terms of the world system, uh, in, 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 the days are coming where things will collapse around us, so to speak, because all of these systems are built on faulty philosophies. They're not built on the Word of God. All right? They're built on worldly worldly ways rather than biblical ways. Um, it, says, it says, whoever is born of God will overcome, overcome. Over means getting above it, over, rather than go under it, all right? We are overcomers, the Bible says, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, okay? So, the world around us tries to drag us down and bring us down or tries to bring us down to its own level. You know, over in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, in the message translation, it says the culture, culture around us tries to drag us down to its own level of immaturity. So there's a constant pull from the world to drag us down, but by faith we can rise above it. You see, Jesus says we are in the world, but we're no longer of it. All right, that's important. He says he hasn't taken us out of the world. And the reason why we're in the world is because we need to share Christ with people who are still in the world so that they too can get saved and, uh, you know, be able to rise above the, 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 the things of the world. Um, so it says, uh, with the faith that God has given us, we can overcome the world. Now, because in our foundation classes, we drill down a bit more into, in regards to what does the world mean and what are the details surrounding all of that. Uh, and uh, as I said, we haven't got time to get into all the specifics of it. But uh, Jesus says, he says, he says, you are in the world, but you're not of it. We are of a different kingdom. All right. Now, in verse 4, it says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Even our faith. What's the victory? Our faith is the victory. Uh, so it seems to me that faith is probably a bit more important than what people would give it, give it credit, you know. They say, you know, you faith people, you know, you've heard of faith people, you always talk about faith. And say, well, yeah, yeah, we kind of think that, you know, uh, we kind of think uh, that it's very important, you know. Uh, if faith is really the master key, uh, and it is, then it's kind of important. If we stand by faith, it's kind of important. If we're called to walk by faith, it's kind of important. Okay, so so people say, oh, you, you're preaching a different, a different doctrine. They say, no, 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 it's, it's not a different thing. It's an emphasis. 
All right? Our, our focus has an emphasis on, on faith. We try to weave faith through everything we say and everything we do, but occasionally we stop and we come back to some of the teachings that, that say, Pastor Vanessa and I have received, uh, you know, near enough 40 years ago uh, to kind of receive and embraced and so forth so that we can be the people of faith that God has called us to be and we can help to build a people of faith that are able to overcome in any situation. All right. So uh, it, it says, uh, who, verse 5, overcomes the world? It's like question and answers. Who overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So the Bible is always very specific, it is, but the word is not vague. It is very specific. Uh, and then the question is asked, who can overcome the world? Well, only people, only the person that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, so again, uh, only believers in Jesus Christ can overcome the world and live victorious over it. Um, people who do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, they're still in the world, they're of the world, and they uh, succumb to the world. All right? They're in the world system. Uh, they're tied into it. Uh, and uh, to reiterate, there's only two kingdoms um, in existence. Uh, always has been. Well, let me start again. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, the second kingdom was always, God's kingdom has always been there. But the second kingdom was started when Satan rebelled against God and he started his own kingdom. It's called the kingdom of darkness, uh, an evil kingdom. And then there's the kingdom of light where Jesus Christ rules and reigns. And we're either in the one kingdom or we're in the other. We can't have a foot in one kingdom and a foot in the other kingdom. And the Bible tells us in Colossians, this is Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it tells us that we have been, as believers, born-again believers have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So we're taken at the point of conversion, we got taken out of one kingdom, placed into the other kingdom. Now in terms of the natural, we're still in the, the country that we got born in, we're still in the same body that we were born again in, and so forth, and all of that has not changed, but spiritually we're in a different kingdom, all right? And now God calls us to walk by faith and no longer by sight. That we're not silly about it. People say, oh, you know, that whole sight, everything that you can see and feel and touch and everything, that, that, that's nothing. You know, we say, oh, well, no, we need to negotiate all of that, you know. Uh, but, that, but we are called to walk by faith. Um, and uh, so the other thing that we see in this scripture here in First John uh, chapter 5, verse 4, and this is one of those obvious ones, but I feel to point it out, um, it says here, that it speaks there about one of the most basic functions of faith. It's like, this is like basic, all right? Um, and that is this, that our faith believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. All right, I told you it was an obvious one. But can I then use that phrase, faith believes? What does faith do? Faith believes. All right? Faith doesn't hope. Hope is another thing. Many people are hoping, but in terms of faith, faith believes. 
And if I can use a biblical equation here, and as I say, some of these things over the years, I've sort of tried to understand it as, as, as good as I can. Um, and with some of the gaps that I had in my own life, even after hearing teaching of faith, it's like, well, okay, I, I know this, I know that, but how does that work? And how do I put the pieces together over here? Um, sort of coming to understand that uh, as far as a biblical equation is concerned, to have faith means to believe. And to believe means to have faith. These two are the same thing. It's just different, term, different terms being used. All right? These two ter terms are used interchangeably. So when the Bible speaks about believing, it's talking about faith. And when the Bible speaks about faith, it's talking about believing. Faith believes. All right? Faith believes. Um, and uh, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and in verse 2, Apostle Paul um, is talking about faith. And then he says here, he says, and, and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. All right? Not everyone has faith. So Paul tells us that faith is there, but not everybody has it. All right? And he speaks there about wicked and unreasonable men. You see, unbelievers do not have faith. That by the very definition of the term unbeliever, they don't have faith. All right, but they can have faith. It is available, but uh, say at a certain point in time, they do not have faith. And conversely, in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, again, Paul the apostle speaking, he says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, every one of you speaking to the believers in Rome. This is out of the book of Romans, the letter that Paul wrote to the Ro Roman believers. He says, I say to every one of you, he's speaking to born-again people. He says, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but to think with sober discernment as God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. Sometimes, you know, Christians are caught out saying, oh, I wish, you know, that I had the faith of this person over there. Well, they have got, I haven't got faith. And Well, no, if you're born again, you have faith. All right. If you're born again, you have been given the measure of of faith. One translation says a, a measure of faith, and another one says the measure of faith. And look, friends, the question is not how big is your faith today? That's not the question. Or how big is your measure? That's not the question. The question is what will I do with the measure of faith that God has given me? What will I do with it? All right. How do I engage that faith? And actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. We was going to cover that in, in, in subsequent uh, uh, sessions. But you see, faith has the ability to grow. So the faith that we have today is not necessarily uh, the same uh, uh, amount or volume of faith or strength of faith that we might have tomorrow. If I make an effort to build and to strengthen my faith today, and there's spiritual exercises that 
we can do, then it would stand to reason that my faith uh, will be stronger tomorrow than what it is today. Paul, the apostle, speaking to the Thessalonian believers, um, and, uh, and he says, not everybody has faith, but he says, you Thessalonian uh, people, you Thessalonian believers, he says, I rejoice, he says, because your faith grows exceedingly. All right, so faith has the capacity to grow. So what we have today is not all we are left with for the rest of our days here on the earth. All right. Uh, faith is like a muscle. Uh, it's like a muscle. If you f eat well, you feed your body and you exercise, uh, then your muscle will grow. Uh, I was inspired there by the story, Michelle, of doing all of them walks. And I thought, gosh, you know, this morning I walked from the office to here and I walked from the bedroom to the bathroom, you know, like this is inspiring. Okay. Uh, but this is what happens. You see, we can, we can develop uh, our muscles uh, <laughs> in whichever area in our body um, to, 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 to do more than what they did yesterday. One of my brothers was into bodybuilding, uh, and uh, this is a known thing amongst bodybuilders. You know, they can, some of them uh, are really into developing their biceps and, you know, the upper body, but some of them got skinny little legs because in order to develop the legs, uh, you've got to do exercises for those, and some of these guys can't be bothered. So you never see them in shorts because they've got this big upper body and they've got those skinny little legs hanging down, you know. <laughs> my brother was one of them. He kind of laughed about it. He said, oh, I couldn't be bothered with that. Uh, and, uh, but he had quite a physique about him from, you know, from the waist, the waist up, all right, so uh, faith is like a muscle that can be developed uh, to be able to carry bigger weights um, in the same way as you and I can build our faith to carry bigger responsibilities and to be able to stand against bigger challenges that are coming, um, and we will not fall over. All right, because we've developed our faith to stand in the face of anything that is coming. Um, um, so God has distributed to each of you a measure of faith. What will I do with the faith that God has given me? That's the real question. Sometimes people get hung up. Uh, over that word, the measure, but how big is the measure, and you know, and so forth. Don't concern yourself with, with that. It's like the question is, what do we do with our faith that God has given to us? Now, let me swing into First Peter chapter three. First uh, Peter chapter three, verse. Uh, no, I start again. First Peter chapter one, verse three. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God. Aren't you glad that we are kept by the power of God? We are kept by the power of God, all right, uh, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So, Apostle Peter here, speaking about uh, an, an inheritance that is, in res is reserved in heaven for us, 
all right? Uh, that's not an inheritance that we might get for, you know, you and I passing away and going to heaven. But when Jesus died, an inheritance was given, and it is reserved in heaven for you and me. Now, that's not the only inheritance there is. There's plenty of things for us to enjoy here on the earth. You know, you want to make sure that we don't uh, push all the blessings off into the yonder. You know, when we get to the yonder, to the sweet by and by, no, 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 God wants us to live here, uh, and He wants us to be strong here. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be, you know, healthy and blessed and so forth. But nonetheless, there is a, an inheritance reserved in heaven for us. And then He speaks about faith for salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time or ready to be revealed in the last days. And seeing we are in the last days, there's yet a faith ready to be revealed. The Bible speaks about the revealing of the sons of God. Uh, and the sons there is not reference to a gender issue, but it is reference to a maturity issue uh, where there is a, the potential for us to rise up to a whole new level in our Christianity, to a whole new level in our faith walk, to a whole new level of the authority that we are walking in to make a difference in our generation before Jesus comes to collect us. And just the other day, we had a, a prayer meeting here, and I was just, uh, you know, really stirred in one area there uh, where, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that these people by faith subdued kingdoms. And then I thought, gosh, you know, this is a kingdom here that we're living in, New Zealand, you know, whether that's, we call it a, a, a nation or a kingdom, it really doesn't matter. And, and, uh, and we decided that we was going to subdue this nation by faith, and bring it under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then I decided that, well, if that's really what we can do, and we're really walking by faith, then by faith we can wrest away the power and the authority of the wicked people that have got it right now, and not give it back to them. All right? <laughs> so, 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 the Bible speaks about the, 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 that the whole earth is groaning, and it's waiting for, for the, the revealing of the sons of God. The mature sons of God who know who they are in Christ. Who know the authority that God has given to us as believers. And who are able to exercise a faith that hasn't been seen so much in the last couple of generations. But it wants to be seen again because we want to go right back to Hebrews chapter 11. And, uh, you know, it's like, you know, we want to add to that list of the heroes of faith that when they left the earth and they went to heaven, my goodness, did they make an impact on their world. God is waiting for you and I to use our faith and to use our authority to make an impact in our world. Praise God. <laughs> so, he says, he's speaking there about who are kept by the power of God through faith. How are we kept by the power of God? Through faith. Um, faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last days. Notice the phrase here, faith for salvation. When we're talking about faith... I don't mean to use the term faith in the sense of Christian faith or this religion faith or that religion faith. We are talking about Bible faith 
that God has given us and put it in our, in our heart, a faith that we can develop and grow it like we could grow a muscle to be able to handle the challenges of our days. Faith for salvation. Then the Bible speaks about faith for healing. It also talks about faith for provision. It speaks about faith for protection and so forth. There's faith for this, for that, and for the other. And I've kind of uh, learned over the years that I can be quite good in, in terms of faith for one area and, and struggling a bit faith in another area. Because not all faith is uniform across for salvation, healing, deliverance, and all of these other things. And, uh, and again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but how did we get faith for salvation? We heard the Word of God preached about salvation, specifically about Jesus Christ, and it brought faith into our hearts. We believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that God has raised Him from the dead, and when we confessed Him with our mouth as Lord and Savior, we got saved. So it's faith for salvation. How would you get faith for healing? Well, you go to the Bible, and now you're looking for scriptures for healing, promises that promise you healing, and feed on those promises, and your faith in the area of healing will arise. And if you want faith for provision, then I would certainly encourage you to develop that faith, because what's coming, my friend, It'll be challenging in the, in the days to come, and I don't mean literal days, but in the time to come for people in different parts around the world to put food on the table to develop faith for supernatural provision and to make some provision for yourself. If you are plugged into what's going on right now and have a bit of an understanding of the current times, not just where we are spiritually, but where we are in the natural, to make a little provision for yourself that is there, if there's a meltdown of one of the systems in the world and you can't go to the grocery store and get your food, then what are you going to do? How much food do you have in the house? And this is not about hoarding and this is not about prepping. This is just using a bit of wisdom. All right. Uh, you know, people can get extreme in any area. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, so faith for provision. I like to, I like to feed my spirit on, on scriptures where God promises abundance and provision. And see, this is one of the things that I had to deal with. Because when I heard the, the prosperity message, it, it challenged me to my core because I believed in a poverty gospel. That's what was presented to me. And to shift from poverty mentality into a prosperity mentality, I had to do a whole lot of work. All right, I had to do a whole lot of unlearning before I could relearn. And that's what needs to happen. Some things we just need to unlearn. It's like, you know, they, they said it's this and that, but we checked in the Word of God and it's not in the Word. So guess what? It's not true. All right, it's a cultural understanding. It's a religious mindset. And let me tell you this, uh, and this is probably going to be one of the stronger uh, statements that I would make. But if you believe in a poverty gospel, you believe in doctrines of devils that the Bible speaks about. Absolutely. 
because the devil has worked out. If he can keep the church poor, he can keep the church largely ineffective in terms of making a difference uh, in their generation or in their particular environment. So faith for protection. I like to meditate in Psalm 91. I sort of made an effort to, you know, to sort of learn Psalm 91 off by heart. Uh, that doesn't make me clever or smart. It just means when, when I'm just somewhere and I haven't got physically a Bible with me, I can meditate in the Word and I can declare those Scriptures and I declare that I, I, I live, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, that I abide under the shadow of Almighty God. Certain things cannot happen to me. They cannot touch me because I'm in that place, in that space by faith. Isn't, people say, is not everybody there? Well, the potential is there. This is the thing. The potential is there, but not everybody is walking by faith, and not everybody has learned how to do that and does not know what's available to them uh, in, in the whole uh, package of what, of what Jesus Christ uh, paid for on the cross of Calvary and what he purchased for us. And it's more than just going to heaven. Let me tell you this. All right. It's more than just going to heaven. That's probably the ultimate. But there's much more available to you and to me today. And it is available by faith. All right. So faith believes. We can have faith for salvation, faith for healing, faith for provision. And, and you determine what, where you need to strengthen your faith in any one of those given areas. You know, in, the, in this house, in the life of the church, uh, we kind of follow a certain, a certain a preaching schedule that certain things we cover uh, again and again. If we didn't cover it in one year, we definitely want to cover it in the second year. Certain things that we're cycling through over and over and over. And I've never got any qualms about repeating a message or repeating a truth because faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing. You see, your body is fed by eating and, and eating and and eating and eating. Your body today is not fed by what you ate yesterday. You need to eat again today and, and, uh, and then again tomorrow. And so we need to hear the word again today and again tomorrow so that our spirit can be fed, can be strong, and we can truly be the people of faith that God has called us to be. First Peter First Peter, God, we're doing very well time wise. Gosh, plenty of time. We got all day. <laughs> Just kidding. First Peter, we will we will make time for lunch. Okay, we'll do some eating. It's okay. First Peter chapter one verse seven. Uh, again, Peter speaking. He says, "These trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith is of greater worth than gold." which perishes, even though it is refined by fire, may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Um, when Jesus Christ is revealed, it means when he comes. The Bible speak, speaks about the second coming of Jesus Christ. There's first going to be the rapture of the church where he comes into the, 
heavenly realm into the clouds, so to speak, and you and I as born-again believers will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and then He will take us back to heaven. And if my understanding on um, end times is correct, then seven years later there will be a seven-year tribulation period, and then Jesus will literally return to this earth. When Jesus is revealed, He says, that the faith will be uh, to the praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, I was going to start with the Scripture, as I've done in previous teaching on faith, that when Jesus Christ comes, will He find faith on the earth? That's the question. When, when Jesus comes, will He find faith on the earth? And of course, faith is not something that lies around in the streets. Faith is in your heart and in my heart. So when Jesus comes, He will be looking for faith. Okay, And when the angels come uh, at the rapture of the church to kind of usher us from, I don't know exactly how it's going to happen, but the Bible says we will meet the Lord in the air. If we are assisted by angels, they are not coming so much to look for your face or for my face to, as it were, recognize us. They're looking for faith in our hearts, faith in Jesus Christ. When he comes, will he find faith in the earth? So, it says, though, verse 8, you have not seen him, you love him. This is the amazing thing. Somebody with faith does not require physical evidence that Jesus is alive and that he's real. We understand that by faith. People say, oh, I, 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 need, I need proof. Well, faith is the proof. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence and the proof of things not seen. And that's what Peter is talking about here. He says, you haven't seen heaven, but you believe in it. You haven't seen Jesus speaking to the people there in what they called the dysphoria that had been you know, scattered with everything that went on. He says, you, you, they were like second-generation Christians. It's not like the apostles who had physically seen Jesus. The next generation hadn't seen Jesus, but you still love him. You don't see him now, but you still believe in him. Because, you see, we are people of faith. We do not demand physical evidence that the thing is so. You do not see him now. You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving, and this is where I'm trying to go, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You're receiving the end result of your faith. The uh, New American uh, Standard Bible says, you're receiving the outcome of your faith, and another translation says, you're receiving the goal of your faith. You see, faith has a goal. We don't have faith for the sake of having faith, but we have faith for a particular goal. Faith for salvation. Faith for healing. Faith for deliverance. Faith for provision. Faith is, supposed, is designed to have an outcome. All right. And the purpose of faith is not to have faith, but to bring an end result. 
I did say we was going to go quite basic, really, and make some of those statements that are quite obvious in themselves, but I still want to cover them in our journey um, so that we can build in, in subsequent <laughs> sessions and, uh, and uh, get into some other things. Now, again, First Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it lists two of the most basic functions of our faith. We've already mentioned the first one. We said faith believes. And here's another one that we see in here. Faith receives. So faith not only believes, but faith receives. When, I, when somebody prays for me for one thing or other, um, and, uh, and rather than standing there, Sometimes people do, oh, I'm hoping something will happen. Uh, I, I, when somebody prays for me, I, I would usually say, I receive, I, I receive. Because I want to verbally declare and engage my faith. Not only do I want to believe, which I need to do, but I also need to receive. And in subsequent sessions, we'll talk about how we can receive. And uh, for some people that don't understand the mechanics of all of that, sometimes it's a bit hit and miss. Sometimes they, they get there and sometimes they don't and they haven't been able to figure out why. Sometimes it's, it's a hit and miss and then they say, oh, you know, I prayed. God does not want me to have it. Well, that's a bit of a poor excuse uh, to begin with, and that's blaming God for our inadequacies. Let's not blame God for our own inadequacies and our own ignorance, okay? Let's take responsibility rather than saying, you know, God, you know, when say, God, why did God heal this one and not that one? No, let's turn it right around. Let's say this person received their healing and this person did not receive their healing because healing is for everybody, all right? So we need to have some maturity about ourselves if we want to rise to a new level. And that's that whole area of taking responsibility rather than pushing it off onto God. Because there's nothing wrong with God. Let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with the faith of God. There's nothing wrong with the system that God has designed. But it is a faith system. And faith is heaven's currency. So faith believes and faith receives. Um, and I would usually say, I believe, and then I say what I believe, uh, and I would say, I receive whatever I'm trying to receive. And in prayer, I would go before the Lord and I say, God, I believe that this promise here is applicable in my life and that this uh, blessing that I, I'm wanting to have, uh, I believe that that is for me today and I receive it right now in Jesus' name. I believe and I receive. I did say everything was going to be very basic, but, but it'll, it, if you grab a hold of that, it'll change your prayer life. It'll, it'll change your, your walk with the Lord rather than hoping, you know, hit and miss. Uh, oh, next year, tomorrow, everything is always just over there. You know, God doesn't play with carrots. God doesn't dangle something in front of us. Um, and people say, oh, God, make me wait. Uh, I prayed and make me wait a long time. No, 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 no. It's your faith. It's your faith. Take responsibility. Okay. Everybody right this morning? Okay. Are we having fun or what? It's supposed to be fun, but we're learning. And as I say, each time I go over that, uh, 
it just blesses me. I think, oh, okay, let's ramp this thing up again here. Let me give you two examples of believing and receiving. First um, John chapter 1, verse 11. It speaks there about Jesus Christ, that he came to his own, um, and his own did not receive him. Um, Jesus, the Son of God, um, Jesus God in flesh form, came to the Jewish people who were his own people by covenant. But by and large, the Jewish nation did not receive him. All right? And then it says, but as many as did receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. We would usually communicate with somebody uh, at a certain point, and we would say something like, have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Now, the question now is not, do you go to church? That's now not the question. Because there's people that go to church, but they've never received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So we need to, we need to you know, apply the leverage where it's important. Uh, it's not, do you say your prayers? That's actually now not the question. The question is, have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And when I first heard that phrase, I was again offended. Like, this really ticks me off. Why do they keep on saying receive? And, uh, and it just it didn't fit into my religious framework. It, it, I t- couldn't get my head around it. And annoyed as I was, and at least I had enough sense to say, God, you know, you need to show me what they're talking about. And, and eventually God took me to that very scripture here. So oh, here it is. So sorry, Lord. You know, they, they were right. You know, my religious mindset, I just get ticked off, you know. And so all the unlearning that I had to do and get my equilibrium that I hear, if I hear something that's not right, you know, that I don't think is right, I don't fall over, you know, or stomp out or some, some other silly thing. It's amazing what people do in their religious mindsets. You know, there's religious spirits, and they are in the church, and I'm not talking this church, I'm talking in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, just religious devils that have latched onto people and some people are entertaining them. Now, I haven't planned to say that, but anyway, it's too late now, I said it, too late. <laughs> to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe. Here's the word believe. To those who believe in his name. All right? We believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. We believe what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. But we also believe in his name. There's facets to this thing that we must miss. Um, and uh, because we believe, we have decided that we would receive him. And so the question is, have you received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And, uh, and, the, and we could also say, how did you receive him? I want to know. Uh, how did you receive him? Well, we received him by faith. Here's that word, by faith again. All right. How did you receive him? By faith. We don't have to go through, you know, religious rituals and need all sorts of religious paraphernalia that you sometimes see in different places and religious positions and religious this or religious that. We just received him by faith. All right. Uh, and uh, another scripture uh, very quickly in Luke chapter 18 as a blind man 
that is being brought to Jesus. And uh, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? It's an interesting question because it was very evident that the man was blind. Um, but Jesus wanted to hear him from his own heart, said, what do you want me to do for you? It would not be entirely impossible that, uh, <laughs> that a blind man comes to Jesus and, uh, and, and Jesus, rather than assuming that the man wants to heal, he says, what do you want me to do for you? Oh, Jesus, I lost my dog. You know, could you help me find my dog? Or something silly like that, you know? So Jesus wants to nail it. What do you have faith to receive, Mr. Blind Man? What, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Receive, that I might receive my sight. That I might receive my sight. There's something about that word receive that made such an impact in my world because in that religious setting where I grew up, everything had to be earned. And if I was good enough, I could get it. If I wasn't good enough, I couldn't get it. But then the Bible does not speak about good enough or not good enough. It says, are you born again? And, and where's your faith? And if you have it, you can just receive some of the prayers that I have prayed are so out there and, and, and things that I have received that haven't yet come into manifestation yet, but my faith is out there. You know, my faith is out there. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and in subsequent session, I want to teach you how to keep your faith out there. All right. Because faith, and I know we're bouncing around a bit, but faith comes and faith goes. Faith is not stagnant. Faith is a force that moves. All right. So here in Luke 18, 42, Jesus said to him, to the blind man, he says, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. And people say, isn't it wonderful how Jesus healed this man. Well, actually, it's his faith that laid a hold of the healing. Your faith has made you well, and immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God, and all the people that saw it, they gave praise to God. They gave praise to God because that's not something that they had seen because the religious folk of the day the Pharisees and the Sadducees were just like the environment that I grew up in where, oh, you might not be good enough just yet. You know, you need to try a little harder before God will do something for you. And these are all these religious mindsets that keeps people down, and that's exactly where the devil wants people. The devil wants to push people down. But the Bible says that our God, he's the glory, and he's the lifter of our head. He wants to lift us up and to bring us into our rightful inheritance. How do we get there? By faith. All right? So, uh, believing and receiving. The word be, uh, faith believes and faith receives. Um, how do I get faith? We've already touched on that. I want to quickly finish that with that scripture here. And in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says then, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? Somebody says, oh, can you please pray for me that I have more faith? That's not how it comes. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. All right. And hearing what? Hearing the word of God. When the word of God is being proclaimed, faith comes. It's a little bit like, like you see the, the Word of God proclaimed, uh, 
produces faith in our hearts. It's a little bit like, you know, every verse in the Bible, every phrase that has a meaning of its own, when we hear that or when we read it, they're like little containers that got faith in them. And when it comes into our heart, it drops that faith into our heart. And so at the end of the day, friend, you and I determine ourselves how much faith we will have and how strong our faith is because the more we go to the Word and the more we hear the Word of God proclaimed and the more we meditate in it and the more we exercise our faith, the stronger it will become. Let me encourage you again. Faith comes by hearing. And I trust that even now, having concluded this message, that we've heard the word proclaimed, that our faith has just been etched up a little bit, uh, 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 a little bit, uh, uh, hopefully a little bit more. And by going over it again, it'll go a little bit higher because faith, we also need to have an understanding as to how to use this thing and how to release it and so forth. So faith comes and faith goes. Thanks for watching Victory Christian Center. For more content, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or you can subscribe to our podcasts on Spotify, iTunes or Google Podcasts. Check out our website at victory.net.nz. We'll see you again soon.